On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about how consistent action generates new baselines of habits even when you're in a slump, and why it's important to find balance and be slightly above average at everything in life. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 126 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. I hope you've been well since we last spoke like this a couple of weeks ago. Um, For me, it's been a productive one. It's been an uneventful one and it has been a bit of a mixed bag in as much as there have been days that have been incredibly busy, incredibly productive, early starts, late nights. And there've also been days where I've kind of not done a whole bunch. Um, and that's kind of an interesting place to start, actually, because there's a, there's a nice full circle between next week's episode, which you'll hear next week with Ben West, um, and a kind of thought process that I've been through in the last few days as a result of that conversation. So uh, this week and last have been busy, right? I say that all the time. That's not going to come as a surprise to you. Uh, but this week, particularly the last seven days or so, there have been uh, a lot of consecutive uh, client project deadlines, which means that a lot has been going on internally to make sure that those deadlines are hit and we're delivering what we need to be delivering. Uh, and on top of that, this week, one of our clients, a PLC client result, uh, sorry, announced their full year results to the market, which means that we had to be on standby very early yesterday morning to be in the office and put live the website side of those things in time for those results to be announced. And so the last week has been lots of work, lots of being in the office, very kind of uneventful, unstructured days in the sense that it's like wake up, office, work, home, sleep, repeat, right? And so that whole structure generally leads to kind of burnout, right? I know myself well enough to know that if I do that without anything else to keep me going, like the gym or walks or hobbies or days out or seeing friends, if I just work for too long, I know that I reach a point where I'm like, I can't really get much more done. But Traditionally, and this is why this is interesting, when I get to those points, those stages, as I was kind of this time last week, so heading towards last weekend, um, moving into a really critical period of time where I had to be switched on and focused, traditionally when I reached those periods, I would just kind of sit at my desk and assume that I'm the problem and think that I need to get more done and sit there and blame myself and not get anything more done, but spend all of that time still sitting at my desk because then it feels like I'm working or at least it feels like I'm trying to just kind of focusing on the fact that I'm not getting anything done as if the solution to all of that sitting at my deskness is to sit at my desk for longer. And so I'm having this conversation with Ben, uh, I forget when now, maybe last Tuesday, Um, And he is a mental health campaigner and somebody who speaks a lot about uh, ways that we could all improve our mental health, including through his book, This Book Could Save Your Life, which you're definitely going to learn more about next week. But during that conversation, Ben said something fairly off the cuff. It was kind of a departure from the main conversation. But he said that, you know, our human brains have been around for 
millions of years and they have evolved to a point where our brains know us better than we know ourselves, right? Our system one thinking, that really deep rooted thinking that causes these kind of feelings that we have of burnout and fatigue and exhaustion, that part of your brain knows you incredibly well. And so it's the right thing to do when you feel like that to listen to your body and listen to your mind, right? And take it as a hint that if you feel completely exhausted and worn out and burnt out and like you're going to get nothing done, the best thing to do isn't to sit there and feel guilty and say that you're a terrible person and continue that cycle, but actually to just be okay with breaking that cycle, right? To just be okay with stepping away from work for a day. And so having had that conversation like two days earlier, as I sat out there at my desk on Friday and it was like, I don't know, 1 p.m. And I I'd had a fairly productive morning, but I could feel it coming. I thought, you know what? I've done too much these last few weeks. I just need a rest. I just need a bit of a day off. That's exactly what I did. Despite the fact that I had my whole day planned out in a calendar, I just moved everything. Like all that time boxing that I do, I just said, you know, I'll do some Saturday. I'll do some Sunday. I'll play a bit of catch up on Monday. But from this moment onwards for the rest of today, I'm going to do fuck all work-wise, right? I am going to get ready to leave the office I'm going to drive to the train station. I'm going to go to Cardiff and I'm just going to chill on my own, go for a walk, grab a coffee, have a Oreo milkshake, walk around with some music on. Um, And that's what I did for like three or four hours on Friday afternoon and evening. I just went to Cardiff and I went for a walk and I listened to some music and I had a really poorly timed coffee far later than I otherwise would. And rather than thinking that that was some sort of failure or some sort of step backwards, because of that conversation that I had with Ben, because I trusted the process of just being like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. He probably has a point that when you hit a brick wall from working too much, the solution to that isn't working more or feeling guilty about not working. It's just listening to yourself and being like, cool, I'll have a day off. And I don't pretend that this is the biggest, most profound revelation that I've ever had on this podcast. I'm literally saying it's sometimes good to have time off. Like, obviously you know this and I know this, but It was just really interesting as a full circle, as I kind of summarized the last two weeks to look at the fact that so soon after I was told to trust that process, I trusted that process and felt great for it. And it's probably that day off that I gave myself is probably the only reason why I have been able to do the ridiculous early mornings, late nights that I have had to do this week to get done what we've needed to get done. Um, It is Wednesday right now, by the way. Uh, I didn't mention that before, but I'm recording this a day early because tomorrow I have a meeting here in Wales until 6pm afternoon and evening meeting. And then straight after that, I need to go and drive to Corby because I'm off to see Ed Sheeran on Friday in Wembley with Chloe. And then I am uh, in Loughborough on Sunday for Horton's Fest. So that'll be a nice kind of free day block of time off after this really busy week to practice what I've just preached and actually take some time off. Although it'll be very active time off, it'll be traveling, gigs, party, all this stuff. It would just be nice to step away from my desk and all of the doing that I have been doing recently. Uh, so that'll be nice. Um, speaking of Cardiff, been looking recently for the last few weeks. I hinted at this a few weeks ago, actually, but I've been looking very passively at this stage at places to rent in Cardiff. So we're currently based like 20, 25 minutes outside of Cardiff. Um, But it's just not the same, right? 
I think that the immediacy, even if just for a few years in my late 20s, the immediacy of having a city center on my doorstep where I can literally step outside and have like anything I want within 10 minutes, 20 minutes to have incredible surroundings, have music and culture and all of these things that cities bring with them. Um, as the business kind of moves into a stage where there's less scrambling, right? Compared to maybe three or four years ago where everything was very chaotic and we had to be glued to the office to make sure that everything was done. Um, just slowly exploring the idea either this year or next year of moving actually to Cardiff and just living that lifestyle for a few years. So, I mean, there's no progress there really yet other than looking at rent in Cardiff and thinking, fuck me, that's expensive. Other than that, that's all I've done so far. But I'll keep you up to date on that one because it will be one that we make uh, progress on. Uh, on the podcast front, it has been an interesting one. Uh, I think I'm slowly, slowly, slowly working out the YouTube game and what to do with these kind of episodes, what to do with guest episodes, what to do with clips, how to give any video the best chance possible, despite having a relatively very small number of subscribers of reaching more people and being recommended by other videos and coming up in discovery and so on. I'm doing lots of playing right now in that regard. So if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're probably going to see a lot of clips in the coming weeks. Um, I don't apologize for that because they're good clips. You're going to enjoy them, but the purpose of them isn't only for you to enjoy them. It's also for me to test out some things, uh, try some hypotheses, and see if I can get some more reach and work on things I believe to be true. But I just need the videos to test whether they will actually lead to growth. So that's happening. Um, I had my first not very nice comment on YouTube this time last week, I think it was. Um, it wasn't particularly harmful or hateful. It didn't offend me, but it was a bit baffling of basically somebody commenting on the Patrick Foster video, which by the way, a few days ago passed 10,000 views, which is incredible. First video on the YouTube channel to reach that number. Loads of meaningful comments underneath it. So many people reach such an important subject. So I love that video. Uh, I'm forever grateful for Patrick for coming on here and telling his story, but someone left a nasty comment. It was basically just something like this interviewer looks about 16. What does he know about anything? Um, and so I said, hi, Gary, I think the guy's name was, hope you're having a nice day because I've never left a hateful comment on a YouTube video. You have probably never left a hateful comment on a YouTube video. And so my only logical conclusion in that situation is that if Gary is sat with his thumbs on his phone, typing out mean words to people on the internet that he's never met and doesn't know, he's probably not having a very good day. So I just thought I'd extend a, a branch of optimism to Gary and say, I hope you're having a good day. Like, you know, try and have a good one. To which he replied and said something like, thanks, Sean, but I'm not sure how that's helping. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking me in as much as you weren't asking for help. <laughs> like there was no request inside of your comment. You were just saying things. Um, but then I basically just went on to say that look, if you can look past my youthful appearance, because frankly, age or at least perceived age has nothing to do with the conversation Patrick and I were having you'll see that Patrick shared over an hour of lived experience and insight and it's evidently helped thousands of people. And if you were to just listen to those answers, listen to what Patrick was saying, forget me, I'm not an important part in this, just listen to Patrick on the video that you chose to click on, you might learn something. And then he came back with some nonsense comment that I ignored because he, he went on to, I guess, try and offend Patrick then. He seemed to have not landed any blows on me, so he moved on to the next person. Just baffling, but... 
I still remain very reassured by YouTube comments because the vast majority of people who leave comments on the YouTube videos are strangers who are lovely. They are lovely strangers. They leave the nicest comments. They say the most reassuring things. On videos like the Patrick one, they go into great detail about their personal struggles and experiences and views. And it's incredible because it reminds me that uh, as we're, we approach something like 23,000 views on YouTube so far this year, which means the podcast this year has probably been uh, listened to by somewhere in the region of 30,000 people so far this year. It reminds me that there are real humans behind those 30,000 numbers on my screen, which feel very distant at times. Um, platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts are very closed platforms. And uh, it's easy to forget that for every number on the screen is a person. And so despite the mean comment, which I'm sure I'll get over, um, it's, it's just nice for people to still be there commenting and saying nice things. Um, something else I've been focusing on in the last few weeks, and I don't think I've spoken about this yet, is since I gave up on 75 hard quite a while ago now, that was a good two to three months ago, I think, I haven't really pursued any hobbies. I haven't tried actively to live my life in any certain sort of way because to begin with, I just needed some time off, right? It had been constant before 75 hard for a good few years, really, just trying to optimize and do habits and systemize and all this stuff. And so after that period where I really went hard for like 45 days in a row, nonstop, I was like, I'm just going to have a few weeks off. And then truthfully, those few weeks turned into a few months and things just never really restarted. And so as a byproduct of that, before I begin this next period of kind of drilling down in the second half of the year into what I can do to move towards goals and be happier and more comfortable and healthy and all this stuff we always speak about, something interesting as a byproduct of not doing any of that is I have established new baselines, new habits that have stuck that I'm not trying to do, but they just get done anyway. In the same way that when you wake up in the morning, you go and brush your teeth, right? That's just a thing that you do. You don't need to remind yourself in a spreadsheet to do that. It gets done. As a result of the last three to four years of trying to build habits, whilst not all of them have stuck, because trust me, most of them have not. The second I stop tracking most of them, they're gone. There are a few either kind of positive habits or just interesting observations that seem to still be really uniform, that seem to occur every single day, which are, I guess, my new baselines, right? The place from which I will now begin again when I pursue doing more. And so there are things, I made a little list actually when I was thinking about this the other day, every single day with minimal effort, I wake up at eight. I'm not saying that's an achievement. I'm not asking you to congratulate me for waking up at 8am. I'm just saying that that now requires no effort, right? Following circadian rhythms and focusing in on getting the right amount of sleep just means that that one, whether I track it or not, I don't wear a whoop anymore. I don't track my sleep. There's no spreadsheet. There's no this, there's no that. Like eight hours of sleep-ish, waking up at 8am-ish, getting into the office at nine-ish just kind of happened, right? Similarly, having really focused work blocks between about nine and three, give or take, before there's like an energy crash and all this stuff. Um, those five or so hours, six or so hours, whatever it is, six hours, had to count their maths. Um, they just get done, right? I don't need a system in place. I don't need to do anything different for those to happen. They're just a baseline now. Um, stopping drinking caffeine at about 1 p.m. 
feeling awake enough throughout the day as a result of that, but also being able to sleep at night because I haven't had caffeine too late. That's a nice middle ground. It, it kind of satisfies both of those sides. That just happens. I don't find myself craving a coffee at fucking 6 p.m., but also I don't find myself awake at 1 a.m. fucking shaking with caffeine, thinking, God, I drank this too late. It's just, there's a nice middle ground, right? Time boxing, ever since my conversation with Rick Pastor back in January, following a system whereby every single day, my working hours and sometimes even my non-working hours are planned out hour by hour in a calendar. That has remained. That's really good. Um, spending less time on social media. So the two-year contract that I had on my social media phone that I've since long got ridden of um, expires this month, next month, early next month. Um, I bought that phone two years ago because during lockdown, I just couldn't stay away from apps like Twitter and Instagram and they would be creeping into every hour of my life and stopping me from getting done what I needed to get done. Through long enough, um, focusing on removing that need, I just don't need to anymore. Like I spend hardly any time whatsoever on Twitter or Instagram. Um, Instagram messages, different story, but I use Instagram messages like a messaging app, like iMessage, like WhatsApp. But like the timeline doesn't pull me in. TikTok, thankfully, haven't used TikTok. Don't fall into it. Twitter, fine. So that's an interesting baseline. And similarly, this one's quite new, but the last few months, you've probably heard me speak about this from like February onwards, just avoiding the news. So I check the news occasionally, but I don't feel this compulsion to check it nine times a day and have like a minute by minute account of exactly what's happening. So there's some interesting baselines some things that have stuck, which is quite reassuring because it, it reminds us that so long as you're moving forward in life, so long as you're consistently for a long enough period of time, making progress, even in the periods of life, the pockets where you're doing less or the moments when you just don't have time, right? A few years from now, you might have a kid, right? Good luck getting eight hours sleep when you've just had a newborn baby. But if you focused for long enough on getting good sleep, it's almost like riding a bike. You can just go back to that at another point in life. Same as having the confidence to go to a gym, right? I have been terrible since I gave up. 75 hard with going to the gym. I just haven't done it in forever. But because a few years ago, I went through that discomfort period of being like, I'm going to get in the mindset of being able to feel comfortable to go to the gym. I'm going to build a certain amount of competence in what to do in the gym. I'm going to uh, understand progressive overload and macros and all this nutrition stuff that is a baseline. I can pick that up at any point now, right? These things stick. And so even if you're not making progress right now, the progress that you have already made will stay with you like muscle memory. And if you are making progress right now, if you're in a really focused mode, just know that if you have a stumble, if three months from now, things feel shit and it seems like you're not getting done what you once were getting done, just know that not all is lost, right? Everything you're doing now will stick in a certain way, will move you forward. It all compounds, it all stays with you. Um, and this period recently has been the first time really in about three to four years where I've just given up on habits and been like, fuck it, let's see what happens. And it is like night and day, the difference between my baseline now, what I do now without thinking about it, and my baseline like four years ago. And so it just goes to show that all of this stuff does compound and add up. Uh, and that is somewhat related to something I tweeted the other day. So I'm going to read it. I'm also racing right now. I may need to stop halfway through this because I just realized that my laptop is not plugged in and it is on 35%. So there might be a non-subtle cut 
at some point when I go and grab my charger. Um, but I tweeted this. I said, Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Aiming to be slightly above average in most things seems like an unglamorous ambition. However, it puts you in a stronger position than those who are below average, obviously, and also above those who have rabbit holed themselves into a corner where the rest of their life is lacking. Now, this to me seems like a, a really undervalued and a really underspoken about skill and one that I'm trying to get better at, as you probably tell from these episodes these days maybe i'm just a bit older i don't know but compared to the podcast two years ago two and a half years ago i'm speaking far more now i think at least tell me if i'm wrong about balance and about kind of more general happiness more general progress rather than just like what can i do in the business what can i like what is this really niche thing that i'm just trying to be more happy right Try and this isn't me saying that i no longer have ambition but Something that I have come to realize through observing others and also trying to extrapolate where my life would go if I take certain paths, right? What would happen if I continue doing this thing? What would happen if I stopped doing this completely and went down this path? What would happen if I had a bit of both? Trying to just guess where my life might be in a few years' time, like, what is it, three and a bit years until I'm 30. And um, like, that's a big deadline, milestone, birthday, right? And so I know how quickly the last three and a half years went. And so I guess that recently I've just been more focused on kind of bigger picture, longer term stuff. The more I focus on that, the more I realize that it would be a loss 
to focus just on business. In the same way that I believe it is a loss when somebody throws everything else away for a relationship or a loss when somebody goes down a rabbit hole too much and becomes, you know, borderline addicted to a, I don't know, a hobby or an interest, which takes away from the rest of their life, right? I think what I'm trying to say here is that being really good at one thing or being really focused on one thing gets you a lot of praise, gets you a lot of kind of monetary upside and all of these things that we think will make us happy. But the more I look around me, at those who have incredible balance in their life, right? They're slightly overperforming in everything. They might have a great solid business with really decent working hours and an amazing small team who support them and, you know, a girlfriend or a fiance or a wife or a husband or whatever it might be and a home in a nice place and a dog. And they kind of, they're doing well. They're doing just above well at everything. And that doesn't mean that they lack ambition. I'm not saying that they're settling too early or settling for average, but actually they're keeping their eye on all of the balls. They're juggling more effectively than the average person. I think that is a skill that nobody talks about. And nobody talks about it because it doesn't get clicks, right? It gets clicks to to do the Gary V content of like, just hustle your face off and work until you can't work no more. That sounds like a really fucking miserable place to be 10 years from now. But similarly, I don't buy into the idea that self-improvement is silly and you should just focus on things that will definitely make you happy, like relationships, because I also believe that that is not true. Like nobody is self-actualized through just having a relationship or through just having some friendships. We're really complex confusing, irrational beings, all of us, you and I, right? And we have varied interests and we have varied needs. And so I think that the most underrated skill that nobody's talking about, and yes, I'm falling back into the optimization trap by calling this a skill, but it is being able to be slightly above average at all of the things that you want to focus on and focusing on several things at once and understanding that some things might slip from time to time, but that if you're moving in the direction of actually building a good, happy, meaningful, successful, fulfilling life. That is better than being incredibly good at one thing, but being lonely or uh, incredibly successful in one area, but miserable in another, right? And uh, not to pretend that I'm some old, wise adult. I'm 26. I look about 16, as the YouTube commenter said. However, as I move towards 30, I just realized that like your 20s are to an extent, I would argue, for optimization. Whereas your 30s are probably more to do with finding balance. And so if more of us in our 20s can get that into our heads now, it gives us that runway to just prepare, right? To to be mindful of the long-term consequences and upsides and downsides of actions and plan accordingly. Because I can't think of anything worse than being a hyper-ambitious, lonely, sad person in my 40s, right? Similarly, I actually can't think of anything worse, dare I say, than having some areas of happiness and contentment and satisfaction in my 40s, but feeling like I left too much on the field in my 20s and 30s because I didn't push hard enough. And it sounds like a paradox, right? I'm saying you can have your cake and eat it, but I think you can. And that's the, that's the bet I'm placing over the next few years. It's definitely something I'm going to speak about more on this podcast. It's almost like a coming of age, I guess, but... I don't know. I just think nobody's talking about it. And the more you think about that, nobody's talking about how to have this kind of holistic happiness. That's mental. Like we should talk about this more. We should have conversations that aren't absolutist. It's not 
only focus on your relationship or only focus on work. It can be like focus on everything and try your best in everything and be really intentional in what you do. And you're probably going to have a good life, right? I really think it's that simple. So I will get back to you on that. Um, I've told you already about it, but next week's episode with Ben West is a really interesting one. Uh, like I said, Ben is the author of the book called This Book Could Save Your Life. Uh, Ben's brother took his own life. And the story that Ben tells from that day onwards and what he has gone on to learn about mental health and suicide prevention and all of these really important topics that are spoken about so much, but there's not often much kind of material backing it up. What Ben is doing with his campaigning, with his book, with his communications, with the way that he is able to articulate such complex ideas in such simple ways. I think he's only like 22. Um, and yet he is one of the most articulate, considered, amazing communicators I've ever spoken with on such an important topic. And you pair those two things together and it's, it's, it's just great. You, you'll understand exactly what I mean when you listen next week. So that is next week's episode. Um, there have been a couple more guests who have confirmed in the last couple of weeks since we last spoke. Um, Tiago Forte is one of them. I'm not sure if I told you that a few weeks ago. Um, I also did a list on Twitter of 10 people who I want to book by the end of the year on the podcast. Um, they are Oliver Berkman, James Clear, uh, Dr. Rangan, who's this? Ali Abdul, Logan Yuri, Ed Miliband, Ben Francis, uh, Jesse, who is the glucose goddess on Instagram, and Alistair Campbell, a very random mix of people. I'm sure you'll agree. One of them has already said no in a very lovely way, by the way. I tweeted about this today. Um, I need to be quick so my battery's going to die. Uh, so Oliver Berkman emailed today in reply to my request for him to come on. And, you know, when somebody sold hundreds of thousands of copies of a Sunday Times and New York Times bestselling book and they get an email like that and they're busy working on another book, it's so easy to ignore it or just to be like, nah, like just two-word email. He wrote this really lovely, considered, encouraging explanation as to why now is a moment in his life focusing on his limited time, which is what his book is all about, why he can't yet commit to this, um, but wishing me all the best of luck and everything. And that was just really lovely because although it was the, the first reply from that list of 10 and the first rejection from that list of 10, which leaves us with nine now, um, it was just really nice to have somebody reach out in that way. So that was good. Um, I think that was everything. I was going to answer some questions on this episode but my battery is about to die and I don't want to go and get my charger and then like recompose myself and try and be in the same, the same zone. So I'm going to hold those questions and answer them in a few weeks time. Um, and so I think that is it. Uh, like I say, next week's episode is with Ben West. Make sure you check that one out. I am off to London on Friday, to see Ed and then uh, Loughborough on Sunday. So that'll be fun. Um, and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 127 of life and lessons see you then
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.